Hello there, everybody, and welcome to episode 59 of the Play to Win podcast. My name is Tyler, and I am your only host this week. Um, Karen is on break this week. He just needed a little bit of a break from things, so he's taking his break, taking a nice weekend to relax, rest up, get himself back in good shape and good spirits to be here for uh, next week's episode when we are back for episode 60. Uh, so I'm rocking things, holding on the fort this week myself. It'll be fine because we have plenty to talk about on the show this week. Um, given that last week's episode, episode 58, was our predictions episode, we didn't talk about that week's news. So we have some news from that week to talk about in addition to some news from this week to talk about. Uh, so it should be a pretty uh, pretty fun, pretty in-depth episode of sorts uh, because this is the Play to Win podcast, the show where we break down the week's biggest gaming news through in-depth discussion. Uh, remember, if you are on YouTube, to subscribe to the channel and hit the notification bell. That way you know as soon as videos go live and you can be one of the first people to watch them. Also, if you are on podcast services, subscribe to us over there as well and leave us a five-star review let us know what you think share the show around with other people spread the word about the play to win podcast we think it's a really great show and it would help us out a whole lot and we would really appreciate any and all support that you can send our way with all that being said though we're gonna get right into this week's episode this week we have a lot of playstation news to talk about we're going to be talking briefly about the new PlayStation Plus. Uh, the game lineup kind of got revealed this week. Well, not this week, but two weeks ago, kind of got revealed. So we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be talking about not that motorcycle that's zooming by my house right now, but uh, PlayStation's investor briefing that they had this week. Uh, so we're going to be getting into some nitty gritties with some numbers and things. Uh, but I think we should have a pretty interesting, uh, fascinating enlightening discussion about the information that came from that investor briefing and then we'll also be talking about xbox's uh project keystone which got confirmed after a lot of rumors it got confirmed this week so we're talking about all of that as our main topics and we have a host of brief mentions at the end of the episode uh in addition to what i've been playing the past few weeks but let's we'll get also we'll get it all into that when we get to it first up let's talk about playstation plus uh, as I said already, the new PlayStation Plus, is we've known about it for a while, but the one thing we've all been wondering is what games are going to be in it? What is the game lineup for this new PlayStation Plus? Uh, and kind of, I guess you could say, at the 11th hour of sorts, uh, Sony revealed, okay, here is what the game lineup is going to be for the new PlayStation Plus. And uh, it's only been partially revealed. Everything that is going to be part of the service is not here, but... They gave us a nice hearty, again, a nice size list, I should say, of games that will be in the extra um, tier for like the PS4 and PS5 games that you could download. They gave us a nice list of games that will be there. And they also gave us a list of games that will be in the premium tiers for um, the PS2, PS1, PSP, those classic titles. They gave us a list of those games, of at least some of them that will be there. And they also gave us a list of some of the games that will be available for PS3 streaming as well. Um, and first, at first glance, my opinion on it was, eh, I, I, I guess it's okay. It's not that bad. It's fine. Um, and that was more so coming from the perspective of someone who's, I guess, been in PlayStation for, you know, for so long. I've been with the PS3, with the PS4, PS2 and everything. And a lot of the games, specifically in the extra tier that they have there, are games that I've already played. So I was like, 
okay, that's fine. That's cool. That's a cool game to have there, I guess. That's also a cool game to have there. Um, so it didn't really hit me all that hard, I guess you should say. And I'll just name off a couple of the games that they have here for the extra tier. I'm not going to name all of them, but just some of them. They have a whole lot here for, for first party. PlayStation Studios games, and then they have a whole lot here for third party. So some of the first party ones that they have here are big ones like Bloodborne, Days Gone, Demon Souls, Death Stranding, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, God of War, uh, Infamous First Light and Second Son, Knack, who can forget Knack? Um, both Spider-Man and Miles Morales. Like they have big ones like that. The entire um, Uncharted series, Nathan Drake Collection 4 and Lost Legacy, that's all in there. But then they also have some, um, some I guess you could say, lesser known, not as big first party games, such as Alienation in here, um, Concrete Genie, Dead Nation, Everybody's Golf, Gravity Rush Remastered, and Gravity Rush 2. So much props to them. I love them for putting those in there. Um, Medieval, Matterfall, um, which I should say both that and Alienation and Dead Nation were all Housemark games prior to, um, prior to Returnal which is also in here as well. Um, Resogun is part of this, uh, going to be in this as well. Uh, so those are just like some of the first party titles in here. Third party titles for the extra tier. Some of them include Ashen, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Batman Arkham Knight, Celeste, Control, Ultimate Edition, Dead Cells, Far Cry 3 and 4, uh, Final Fantasy 15 on Royal Edition, Hollow Knight, For Honor, Guardians of the Galaxy, Mortal Kombat 11, Naruto Shippuden Ultimate Ninja Storm 4, um, Outer Wilds, Red Dead Redemption 2, Soul Calibur 6, Artful Escape, uh, a lot of stuff. And these Ubisoft ones, which I've been naming off, they are also going to be part of Ubisoft Plus, which will be part of um, Ubisoft Plus is going, so uh, I'm mixing up my words here. I got to get my words right. I was trying to segue into that part real smoothly. Didn't work out all that well. Bear with me, please. These Ubisoft games that are in here in the extra tier, uh, they're going to be part of Ubisoft's subscription service, Ubisoft Plus. Ubisoft Plus is coming to PlayStation and Xbox as well, but the version that of Ubisoft Plus that will be in PlayStation Plus's extra tier in the premium tier will be called Ubisoft Plus Classics, which they call a, quote, curated selection of popular games. And there's going to be 27 available at launch. And by the end of this year, 2022, there will be more than 50 games as part of the Ubisoft Plus Classics uh, collection. It's part of that little service right there. So it's really cool that that will be part of PlayStation Plus, similar to how Xbox Game Pass Ultimate has EA Play as part of that service. So it, it's really nice. It helps flush out and bump up the game list and really add more depth and value to this new PlayStation Plus subscription that we have going on here. And it's going to make it more enticing for people to subscribe to it. Uh, I mean, for, even on my part, like it makes it a bit more enticing for me. I'm like, oh, Far Cry 3 Remaster? I never played that one, but I always wanted to. Far Cry 4? I would, I've always wanted to play that one. That's a nice way for me to jump in and get in on that one as well. South Park, The Fractured Butthole? Uh, cool, I would love to play that one. The Crew 2? Sure thing. The Division? Maybe not the first Division. Maybe the second one, since that was more new. Um, plus, I also actually have the first division. Played it for like all of an hour. Never got back to it. Uh, it was simply a time where I, I got it as a holiday gift amongst other holiday gifts. So like that day, I was like, all right, I'll play a bit of this game. I played a bit of this game. Play a bit of this game. And I played a bit of the division. 
jumped to a different one and then never got back to the division. Um, at this point, I'm far too gone to even go back to it. <laughs> but that's just the the select, just some of the games that they had that I listed off here that are going to be part of the extra tier. And again, these are all great games. As someone who has been with PS4 for so long and has played a majority of these games, it's not that exciting for me. But I have to admit, like with this, this is kind of what I was realizing later on in that day after I had my initial um, first brush, first glance reaction. That this selection of games, it's really great, especially for anyone who is who hasn't played a majority of these games or who is just getting into the PlayStation ecosystem. And you're like, all right, uh, I'm going to get PlayStation Plus. Do I just stick with the base tier? Or what's this extra? What's this premium stuff? What does this get me? And you see all these games that it gets you, specifically like just the first party games. See all the first party games it gets you. Like it's a no brainer for you to subscribe to the service. And that way you could just have all these games at the tip of your fingers. And then these third party games as well, you add on also the Ubisoft plus aspect to it too. And then all their games, it just makes the extra tier a no brainer. Uh, that I think personally for anyone new to the PlayStation ecosystem. Uh, so I think on that level, extra is going to be the one that gets people the most bang for their buck 100%. It's, it's a solid tier right there. It's a really solid tier right there. Things get a bit more hazy though when we get to the, the classic games and the premium tier now. Um, now in their blog post, Sony did confirm that these games in this tier they're going to have, they'll have, you know, like some of them will have better frame rates, better resolution compared to their original versions, uh, that there's going to be like, you know, new UIs for some of these older titles. You'll be able to save your game at any time and do like rewinds and stuff like that. Kind of like how some of the games on Nintendo Switch Online have, um, have their like, oh, save states whenever you want to, when you can rewind and so on and so forth. That's great. That's really good for these games. And then what they also announced, which is really good, that I don't think anyone expected was that anyone who had already purchased um, versions of, who had already purchased digital versions of these original PlayStation and PSP games um, on prior platforms, they wouldn't have to pay for them again or sign up to PlayStation Plus to play them on your PS4 or PS5 when they get added. So say for example, they have right here Ape Escape, right? If you already purchased a digital version of Ape Escape on a prior platform, you don't need to sign up for PlayStation Plus Premium or you don't need to pay for these games again to download them. You've already purchased them once before. You could just download these newer versions of them and play those on your new console. And that is fantastic. That is absolutely fantastic. It is such a great move from Sony to do that that no one was expecting. And I 100, 1,000% applaud them for that. Now, the things where it gets a bit hazy, though, with the classic games catalog is just the selection of titles here, really. Me, personally, I was never, although I had a PlayStation 1, an original PlayStation, I, I mean, I was so young when I had it. I didn't really play many of those games that were there. Like, I know of many of these games. I know of Ape Escape. I played a bit of it. I know of Siphon Filter, but I never played it. I know of Hot Shots Golf. I know of like these, the older Tekken games, like Tekken 2 that they have here. I just never played that one. Um, and then other games, like let's say, for example, uh, what do we have here? Like if you want to even go back to the PlayStation 2 era as well, I played a lot of games on the PlayStation 2, but I didn't like 
I wasn't like deep into the PS2's library. Like I played the Jack series and the Ratchet and Clank series, but like Dark Cloud and Dark Cloud 2, never played, but I knew of them. Ark the Lad, I knew of, but never played it. So like these games here, I see them and I'm just like, I mean, I, I, I like, like, you know, I know of and like three or four of these games I like and I care about that the others, I'm just like, eh, it's not really for me. Um, so that's why the classic library of PS1 and PS2 games wasn't really doing much for me, but I could see it kind of doing something for those who were really deep into those libraries back in the day. Uh, I could see them really being into it, but even from some of the reactions I've seen online of people who were into that library, really, really heavy, really hard, even they've expressed a bit of, I guess, disappointment or hesitation with the classic games library, just because of how few games there are right now. Of course, more games will be added over time. We know that much. But as it is right now, the premium tier with those classic games, it's not all that enticing. To me personally, I don't think it's that enticing. And I think that if someone were to ask me, oh, should I get the premium tier right now? I would probably tell them to wait, especially if they're really on the classic games end of things. When it comes to the PS3 games, there's a nice suite of them here. I mean, we have... Uh, infamous one and two we have some motor storm games we have the ratchet and clank games from there we only have resistance three oddly enough not one or two not sure why the original demon souls if you want to play that one for some reason uh well i mean if you're on ps4 it makes sense why you would um then we have some third-party ones here as well uh such as red dead redemption undead nightmare lost planet 2 fear um enslaved odyssey to the west but um Again, that's about streaming. So hopefully, if you're if you're downstream, you got good internet, and PlayStation streaming is good enough for you. Hopefully, it works well enough. That might that might entice you there. Uh, and then the other thing about the premium tier is that you get the time limited trials for games, so you could play uh, up to two hours of the full game. And the playtime counter only counts while you're in the game, so it doesn't you know start counting as soon as you hit the download button, uh, which is good. And right now they only have Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection, Horizon Forbidden West, Cyberpunk 2077, Farming Simulator 22, Tiny Tina's Wonderland, and WWE 2K22 as games that will have um, these time limited trials as of right now. But more games will be added as well. And as I said, they, as I say, they say here, these are just some of the titles. So again, more will be added over time. So with all that in mind, and also, let me add this one extra thing here. Um, they do say on the blog that there will be a monthly refresh in the middle of the month, similar to how at the beginning of the month we get our new free uh, regular PlayStation Plus games that we have been for the past you know, couple of years. That'll continue for PlayStation Plus Essential. The middle of the month is when Extra and Premium will get their refresh of new games and all like that. So with all that in mind, I think that this new PlayStation Plus with how things have been laid out, with the new game, with the games that we have announced for it so far, I think that again, extra is going to be the best bang for your buck as of right now. Just full stop, it is. Uh, just from the host of games that are going to be there, uh, in terms of what you could download and all like that, it's just you can't go wrong with it. Especially, especially if you are new to the PlayStation ecosystem, extra is going to be the way to go for you. Now. The premium tier, it, it really depends. It depends on how into those older games you are, how much you care about um, game streaming, 
how much you really care about the, the, t- the trials, the time of the trials for games, it's really going to depend on that, and at least that launch. Because as of right now, it the, the premium tier is looking a bit, I guess you could say, sparse or a bit slim, to say the least. It's not looking super enticing. Now, it's May, it's May now. I wonder how that tier will look come November, December. Come November, December, it could be far more enticing and then it could be an easier recommendation. But as it is right now, I can only highly recommend extra for most people. Um, Premium, I wouldn't recommend for a lot of people, um, except for the super diehards that are really all in on it entirely. Uh, If you are, cool, by all means, more power to you. I'm not trying to say you shouldn't do it um, or say that that's the wrong decision to make. It's just not the decision that's enticing me right now. Um, I don't even know if I'm going to go into extra right away right now either, simply because of money and where things need to be in terms of priorities, gaming-wise and all. Um, but when I do eventually change like my subscription for PlayStation Plus, I will for sure be going at bare minimum to ultra. I mean, at bare minimum to extra. I was about to say ultra. <laughs> if only there was an ultra. <laughs> so yeah, that's where we are right now with the new PlayStation Plus. It's cool, it's interesting, it's exciting. Um, and I forgot to also add this, that some of the PlayStation Classics that are going to be the premium tier will be having trophies. Uh, Siphon Filter is going to be having them. I think uh, one of the Oddworld games is going to be having them as well. And not all of them will have it, though. Only some of them will have it. It's really at the discretion of the developers if they want to give trophy support to their PlayStation Classic games. So it's not a mandate. Not everyone has to have it. It's up to the developers. Um, but it's cool that these classics will have trophies. That, that, that's also another thing right there. If, cla- if trophies matter to you, maybe you want to jump into the premium tier, play these older games, get trophies for them. It's, there, there's all these reasons why you shouldn't, shouldn't, or why it may or may not be enticing to you. Um, but I think as it is right now, the new PlayStation Plus, it's looking good. It's looking promising. Um, we'll definitely have to see where things are by the end of the year, where like, we have more games in that premium tier for the classics, where we have more games in the extra tier, where we have more games from the Ubisoft Plus classics in this um, in the service as well. And seeing what this whole library shakes out to be by the end of 2022, that'll be the real test. The real test will be like, all right, do you jump in? Because I mean, also for me at that point, that's when my PlayStation Plus is gonna resub. Uh, it always resubs at the end of the year in December, just a couple of days after Christmas. So at that point in time, I'm going to be looking, okay, am I going to re-up to extra? Am I going to say it essential? Where am I going to go? Um, so yeah, it's exciting. It looks cool. looks interesting. I'm all for it. Good job, PlayStation. Your rollout has been kind of, kind of, kind of bumpy. It's been kind of bumpy when it came to, hey, if you, if you stacked, <laughs> you got to pay a whole bunch more money and all. It, it, was, it was a whole lot of bumpiness with your rollout the past week and a half or so. Seems like those bumps are getting smoothed out and ironed out, but um, the actual service itself looks promising in my book. Now, we're going to move over from PlayStation Plus, and we're going to talk about PlayStation's investor briefing that they had earlier this week. Um, and this is where we're going to get real in the weeds, in the thick of things, real numbers based and all like that. And also, I guess, a bit speculative to, a, to an extent, to an extent we will. Um, because this investor briefing brought a, a lot of information out, a lot of, again, heavy numbers information and all. So if you're not really into numbers and these type of nitty-gritty details, it might not, this section might not interest you all that much, but I promise I will try my best to make it as interesting as I can because 
the information here is truly interesting. It's fascinating. It is nice to have this information, have an understanding of this information uh, to, you know, help inform, you know, where the company is going to help you understand, okay, what the company is doing, what their plans are, why these moves are being made, so on and so forth, and where they're going to be in the next couple of years. So I find it truly fascinating. Hopefully you will find it truly fascinating. Hopefully I can make it interesting and fascinating and exciting for you. Um, I will try my best to. No promises or anything though. Of course, I'm not a financial analyst, none of that. So trying my best here. So they had their investor briefing this week. And again, a lot of information came from it. But I want to start off with a few little bits of small, I guess you could say small information, but um, really cool, interesting information at the same time. First off, in the US, PS5s sell 80,000 units in 82 minutes, which comes out to nearly 1,000 units sold per minute. Whereas PS4s at this point in time in its life, were selling 80,000 units in nine days, which is at a rate of about six per minute. This completely explains why it has been such a pain to find and, and to find and secure a PS5 for yourself. Like it's it's just wild. It's wild how fast these unit these consoles are just selling out instantly, immediately. Like as soon as they go on sale, bam, they're gone. Like again, nearly one thousand sold per minute. That is insane, insane. And like I'm dreading when I have to try and get a PS5 for my girlfriend because I, I want to get her one. That way she can play Final Fantasy 16 when that comes out and play Hogwarts Legacy the best way possible. I'm expecting both of those to drop this year, the holiday season. So I'm dreading having to do that search again, that hunt. Um, I mean, when I did it for myself, getting the PS5 on, as soon as those consoles went on sale, that night I lucked out so hard. Lucked out so hard for like a good hour. I was trying, I managed to get it on target. And then for the next year, I was trying with my cousin to try and help him get it. And I couldn't help him get it. Uh, I'm dreading, dreading having to do it again for my girlfriend, but I, I'll do it for her. I'll do it for her and I'm sure I'll be able to make it happen. But uh, yeah, for, for a perspective, this is just wild how many units these consoles have been selling. Um, now, getting a bit more into number stuff, more than 25% of spending on the PlayStation Store in the 2021 fiscal year, uh, which ended March 31st, 2022, uh, more than 25% of spending on the PlayStation Store was from free-to-play games. So your Fortnites, your Warzones, Apex, Rocket League, those, all those games right there, um, your Genshin Impacts, all those games more than 25% of spending on the PlayStation Store was from those. So that it makes sense, again, if that helps make, it helps inform why we're hearing Sony want to go into more live service games and why they see a live service as the future of games, as more so as opposed to subscription services and all. Um, we'll talk about live service stuff a bit more later, but... Again, it's interesting. It helps inform decisions that we've been hearing them um, hearing them say that they want to make and decisions they want to go down, rows they want to go down. Sorry, words getting all mixed up. Um, and then one more little fun tidbit of information here is that they want to grow the base PlayStation Plus subscriber amount to more than 50 million users this fiscal year. Uh, so uh, April 1st, 2022 to March 31st, 2023. They want to grow it to more than 50 million this coming fiscal year. 
which again, informs the decisions behind things that they've done. It's why we're seeing, it, that's part of at least, that's at least part of why we're seeing the new PlayStation Plus be restructured the way it is. It's partial, partially, you know, to kind of compete with Game Pass, can't deny that. But also, you want to get more subscribers, you combine your PlayStation Plus and PlayStation Now into one service, you make it really enticing, you add a whole, whole lot of cool games in there, a lot of great games in there. You put your Ubisoft Plus on in there too, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And then you make it so much more enticing so that, you know, it's kind of foolish to not subscribe to PlayStation Plus in one way, shape, or form, you know, whether it be essential, extra, or premium. It, there's, you know, you make it more enticing, you try and increase that subscriber number. Uh, so I totally think that they can hit this um, more than 50 million user amount that they're trying to hit. Considering that, hold on, pulling it up right now. Considering that they are currently, at, let me see, let me see. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The number was here somewhere and I just can't find it now. I just can't find it. Well, darn. Well, man, oh man, oh man. Yeah, the number was in here. Definitely can't find it right now. But considering that they already have a whole lot of subscribers, if I'm right, off top of my head, the their subscriber amount for PS Plus is at like 45 million or something like that. They have the, their number is in the 40 millions. I'm like confident of that. I just don't remember the, the like the specific detailed number off the top of my head. But uh, I definitely think they can hit that 50 million for sure this year. I think it's there's a very strong possibility of them being able to do that. Now. Here's where we get into some more details, more information that we can have conversations around. First up, PlayStation Studios is planning to invest far more money in new IP than they ever have. Well, not than they ever have, but than they have in the past couple of years. So in 2019, they were mainly investing in existing IP as opposed to new IP at a percentage of 77% existing IP, 23% for new IP. This fiscal year, the investment split is 66% going to existing IP, 34% going towards new IP. By 2025, three years from now, they aim to have a more even 50-50 split in their investment between existing and new IP. And I honestly think that is a very smart thing to do. Of course, we were always going to be seeing more new IP from their studios, but in a time where Xbox is on the hunt, they're on the chase, trying to, you know, trying to gain that ground. They are gaining ground. They really are. Um, and they have all these studios putting out all these different games. Sony is going to have to rely. They're going to have to bring out new IP. They can't just rely on existing IP. They're going to have to do new IP. And of course, that's part of why we're seeing these new, these acquisitions that they've been doing happening. Um, and the partnerships that they've been doing, whether it be Haven, Deviation, Firewalk, Fire Sprite, Bungie, all these different acquisitions, Housemark, Bluepoint, uh, it's, this is a, it all plays into these things. They can't just rely on their existing staple of, of studios and IPs that they've had for so long. They need new ones too, to you know, freshen things up. And it's something that I've kind of been wanting from Sony for a while now, because for a while we've had what? Let, from Naughty Dog, let's say from Naughty Dog, 
we had Uncharted and Last of Us from the PS3 generation. And then PS4 was Uncharted and Last of Us. And now this generation, we there's the rumored uh, Last of Us remake. There is the Last of, I mean, not, yeah, Last of Us remake. Then there's the Last of Us multiplayer thing. And so it's like, all right, I would love to see something new from Naughty Dog. Like people always say, oh, what about an Uncharted 5? And I'm like, Uncharted 5 would be cool, but I would rather them do something else. What about Last of Us 3? Last of Us 3 would be cool and it's highly likely to happen, but I also want to see them do something else new as well. And I mean, there are rumors that they are working on a fantasy IP. I would love to see what they could do with the fantasy IP. Then there, you look at Sony Santa Monica. Sony Santa Monica, they, you know, they God of War, big thing. Everyone's like, all right, God of War 2, cool. We know that Corey Balog, uh, that it's rumored that they are working on a sci-fi IP over there. Would love to see that. Would love to see a new sci-fi IP from PlayStation. Then there's Ben Studio. They're working on a new IP after um, Days Gone had a kind of a tepid reception of sorts. Looking forward to seeing what that is. We don't know what it's going to be. We have, <clears throat> excuse me, Sucker Punch. They just hit it off big with Ghost of Tsushima. You can imagine they're going to do another Ghost of Tsushima. Cool. That was a brand new IP. We just got that new IP. Okay. By all means, you want to continue it? Go ahead. Let's look over at Insomniac. Insomniac, they have Ratchet. So far, they've been, you know, having fun with Ratchet and then Spider-Man. We know they're doing Spider-Man 2 and Wolverine. Awesome. I would love to see as well, if they can, you know, other new games from them aside from just the, uh, the Marvel games and aside from just um, Ratchet games. Maybe see if we can get another new IP out of them. Um, or even if it's just bringing back an old franchise, hint, hint, wink, wink. You know, I kind of mentioned that last week in the predictions episode. Go check that episode out. Really cool episode. Um, but I predicted, hey, maybe we can see them do a VR game. I would love to see them do something in VR. That would be really cool, really awesome, considering they have prior VR experience. Um, and those are just some of the studios that I can think of. But I would love to see so much more new IP come out of Sony instead of just, um, I don't want to say regurgitating, but, you know, just putting out more entries in current installments and in series that are already existing. Um, and again, that's not to say that I ever thought that, they, that that's all they would do this coming generation, but um, I'm definitely happy to see that they are trying to, you know, have more of a nice 50-50 split between existing ideas and new ideas. That's really exciting to me. And I'm very, very happy that they're going to be doing that. Uh, we know Bungie is working on a new IP, so I'm, I imagine that this is probably um, probably factoring into that as well. Um, Haven is new IP, Deviation, Firewalk are new IP, Blue Point is working on something, let's say an original game. We don't know if it's new IP or something, something else, who knows what it is, but um, perhaps Blue Point's thing is new IP as well. So we're, we're kind of seeing it already now. Um, I would just love to see more new IP from their current staple of uh, places studios that they had before this giant spree of acquisitions that they went on. Uh, so hopefully we'll be seeing more new IP from a number of them sometime soon. Now we're gonna move on from just new IP to Sony's plans to increase their first party live service game output. Now this again, this I've mentioned this before, uh, when again, I said that they that on the PlayStation Store in the last fiscal year, more than 25% of spending was from free-to-play games. Most of those games were live service. Those games were live service games right there. 
So again, it makes sense why Sony sees that and say, okay, we're spending all this money on our first party games that are typically just single player games. We're spending all this money on them. And then there's no like any recurring, um, recurring revenue coming from them of sorts. And we see all the spinning on our PlayStation stores from these live service games that have recurring, recurring revenue, so on and so forth. So why don't we try and get in on that with our first parties, if we can, in ways that make sense for them? So they have on there in their investor briefing document thing. Last year, they say they put out one game, MLB The Show 2022. They consider that a live game? Cool. By all means, consider that a live game if you want. This year, they say that there are going to be three games, not including Destiny. They're not including Destiny in that. So what are the rumors for, what that we have in terms of live service games? Um, the Twisted Metal reboot, that's one that's rumored to be live service. And then the other one that we could see like being live service is The Last of Us' is a multiplayer thing. That could end up being a live service um, game as well. So if you count MLB for this year, Last of Us and um, whatchamacallit, I just said it, Twisted Metal. That's the, right there. Come 2023, they plan to have six total um, live service games. 2024, they plan to have 10 total. 2025, they plan to have a total of 12 live service games from first party studios. Now, what are these games going to be? <laughs> what are we expecting from them? Well, again, well, let's just say the three I already had, I already named. La, Last of Us, Twisted Metal, MLB, because they consider MLB to be live service. Let's say that we throw Destiny in there for 2023 as one of their six games, right? Then we have Haven's Game. That's a fifth one, right? And actually, I'm going to ex extend this just to 2025 just because that's when we have the full 12 games total. Destiny, we can, I guess they might consider it to be in that, in the conversation then, so Destiny. Then there is the rumored... Um, multiplayer game that insomniac is working on that could potentially be live service that's six games i'm going to use my this hand again six games then there's whatever deviation is working on you imagine it's a multiplayer game it'll probably be live service that's seven um i forgot what firewalk is working on but there's potential for that so eight bam right there that's eight off the just right off bat off rip eight i wonder what other ones we could get again gorilla give us a live give us a multiplayer horizon game please and thank you it's begging for it horizon just take monster hunter and throw it into horizon that's your live service game and i will play it i i would love that so much perhaps it is an idea they're working on that could be number nine or so like these are all potential games i'm thinking of that are going to be live service games and i imagine this is why playstation when they saw what haven was working on when they saw what deviation and firewalk were working on they were like, we want to partner with you guys because we want to start, we want to have live service games in our portfolio. And we believe in your teams and what you guys can bring to the table. So we're going to bring, we want to partner with you so we can have some first party, we can have some live service games in our first party portfolio. If we like it enough, we'll acquire you like we did with Haven. Um, and it's also, again, it, it informs why they bought Bungie because they want to increase their live service games. They want to make it so that they're doing live service right. And who better to ask than Bungie? We talked about this before when we first talked about Sony acquiring Bungie. 
it just makes sense. It just makes so much more sense. And in their briefing document, they have like their plan for how they want to do the Bungie um, integration in term, into Sony first party. So like their plan for like month one is this, month three, we want to do this, month six to 12, we want to do this, and then so on and so forth. So like Bungie is going to play a key part in helping these first parties make sure that live service games are done right and done very well. And I, I would hope that they, that they turn out very well. My, also, my other hope that I have in regards to first party games doing, going live service and all, or doing more live service, is that we don't move away from the games that PlayStation's first party have been known for. Their single player focused, story focused um, adventure games. I, I hope we don't move away from that because I really do enjoy those games. I would hate, 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 hate for Sony to say, you know what? We need more live service stuff instead of these things. So the first, so like the things that we became known and renowned for suffer and get put on the back burner because the live service stuff makes us money. I would hate for that to happen. I don't think that is what will happen. I, I would like to think that Sony knows, hey, we can't, we don't want to, you know, destroy our reputation over some live service money. But I, I, you know, you never know. You never know. It could happen. I'm hoping it doesn't. That's that's why I, I it gives me a bit of pause. It does give me a bit of pause. But I will, I'm I'm hoping that they're gonna do this right, that they'll do it right and in ways that make sense. So that these live service games. If they, some of them maybe can be like companion game, companion games to the main big premium one in a way. So in a, similar to how Ghost of Tsushima Legends is a companion to Ghost of Tsushima in a way that uh, The Last of Us multiplayer will be a companion to Last of Us 2 and Last of Us Remake. Uh, the way that whatever Insomniac's multiplayer game, if it is a Marvel multiplayer game, could be a companion to maybe Insom- to Spider-Man and Wolverine, what have you. Um, but yeah, that's what I would, I would hope is maybe the direction that they go in. Uh, and I just hope it doesn't take away too much time and attention and care from the, from what they became known for. That's my only concern with that. My concern and my hope. Now I'm going to move from live service games to PC games. PC is a realm that Sony, we all know, they were sticking away from it for a while, for a long time until 2019, 2019. We saw Days Gone go to PC, and we saw Horizon for um, Zero Dawn go to PC. And then last year, we saw um, Days Gone go to PC. This year, we saw God of War come to PC and um, Uncharted 4, Uncharted the Legacy of Thieves, Legacy of Thieves. So Uncharted 4 and Lost Legacy come to PC as well sometime soon. Um, Soon in quotes, because we still don't have a date on that. Um, so they've been they've been making more inroads into PC. This year, they expect to make three hundred million dollars from PC game sales. For reference, here in 2020's fiscal year, that saw um, that year saw thirty five million dollars in PC game sales. 2021's fiscal year, which ended March thirty first of 2022, that saw eighty million dollars in PC game sales. So that's 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 a pretty big jump. And I think that this leap to $300 million in PC game sales in this upcoming year, 
I think it's possible. I mean, again, I'm not a financial analyst. I don't know how crazy or out there that prediction is to make, but I do think it's possible considering that on their briefing document, they had this here, Horizon Zero Dawn has made $60 million in revenue since release. Days Gone has made $22.7 million in revenue since release. And God of War has made $26.2 million in revenue since release. So considering all that, I think it's possible that they could end up hitting that $300 million uh, for this coming fiscal year. We have Uncharted coming to PC soon. There's rumors that Returnal is going to be coming to PC soon as well. Demon Souls, I think, was on that NVIDIA list of coming to PC. Everyone's asking for Bloodborne, but who knows if it ever will. Um, like, who knows what other P game, PlayStation games will be coming to PC this coming fiscal year. And those, for sure, will just bring in sales. Like, Returnal, for sure, I'm positive it will. And Demon Souls, if that happens this year will most certainly, both of those will certainly bring in a lot of PC sales. So that 300 million, it makes sense. And that's just, that right there is kind of Sony seeing, huh, PC, that, that's a market, it's an untapped market for us right there. Whether it be uh, PS5, PlayStation owners who also have a PC and are doubling down or PC owners who never had a PlayStation and are experiencing these games for the first time, it's a new, it's a market for us to tap into. We can reach in there. We can reach new people. Um, or just, again, just reach people who want to play our games in the best possible way. This is an onset. This is a market here where we can make a lot of money. We can make a good amount of money here. So that then brings up the question of, okay, what does the gap look like between initial release of these games and PC release? Because so far it's been like, you know, a couple of years later. Are we eventually going to see that gap shrink down to one year, six months, three months, day and date specifically? Like, are we ever going to see PlayStation put out a game on PC day and date? I don't think that we'll see day and date releases for these big premium titles for your God of Wars, for your Uncharted, for your Last of Us games. Um, I don't think we'll see it for that. But I think there's a chance that we could see day and date releases for the live service games. So for example, if the Last of Us multiplayer thing, right? If that is coming to PC, I think there's a chance that could be on PC day and date, as opposed to, all right, you gotta wait a year to get, that, to get that on PC. Because those games, I imagine if they are, like I'm saying Last of Us multiplayer for the sake of this argument. I imagine that it will be in my head, it comes packed in with the Last of Us remake, or you can pay $20 for it on its own, right? Like it's either part of Last of Us Remake, part of Last of Us Part Two, or you could pay $20 for it piecemeal. That way you don't need to buy either of those two games to get access to it. That's what I imagine in my head. A game like that, like that's, it's $20. It just makes sense to just put that on PC day and date. It doesn't make sense to say PC can't get that for a year. It's not like your full blown Last of Us game where it's like, no, we want all eyes on this on console that's gonna bring up our PS5 sales, get it on there. That makes more sense as opposed to, you know, that having the premium titles be only on console at launch makes more sense as opposed to the free to play live service stuff only on console at launch. That doesn't make much sense. 
I don't know if that'll be happening right away though with these live service games. That's why I say Last of Us remakes, well, Last, Last of Us multiplayer, sorry. Last of Us multiplayer, I don't know if that'll be day and date because I don't know how soon they want to start the day and date stuff. But these live service games is where I think we'll see them start doing day and date. The premium titles, I think the gap between launch and release, for, I mean, launch and PC launch will shrink slowly but surely. And I think eventually one day we will have the premium titles be day and date on PC. I don't, it's not this year. I don't think it's next year. I doubt it's 2024, maybe 2025 it will be. We'll get to why in a second. Um, I think it's a couple years out before we actually see Sony decide to do their first party, like their big name games day and date on PC as well. I think it's a while before they do that. And if they ever do do that, then I think when they do that, they should, they would probably have to also do day and date in um, PlayStation Plus as well, at least at the premium tier. I think that's when they would have to do that because it'd be really weird. Oh, I, I don't know if I say weird, but I think that would just make the most sense in my head. <laughs> Because I think in my head, it seems a bit weird to release your games day and date on PC and on a console, but then not offer it day and date in your subscription service at the highest tier for free. That's just in my head. But I mean, also at that point, if they do that, then the console owners are benefiting the most. The PC people are the ones who are kind of screwed over unless PlayStation Plus is on there you see yeah there's a whole lot of thoughts going through my head right now about all this as you can see and that was just a spur of the moment thought right there um but yeah pc clearly a path of success and big money making for sony so we're going to be seeing a whole lot more rows into pc from playstation uh and we'll talk about that some more right now because they had a graph that they put on their document uh about basically where they what they look, think the first party release is going to be looking like over the past over the next couple of years in terms of platforms so ps4 ps5 ps4 and ps5 um pc and mobile because mobile is also another space that playstation has been talking about getting into and looking to make inroads in um and on this graph it looks like first party ps4 games will be completely phased out by 2025 by that time they imagine that 50% of their releases will be on PS5, about 30% will be on PC, and 20% will be on mobile. Now, when you look at it like that, again, it makes it starts to make more sense. Like, okay, maybe they will have more day and date releases on PC by that time, uh, not just live service stuff. Maybe that's when they'll start toying with the idea of the big name games coming day and date to PC maybe that's when they'll do it. And I can see it happening if at that point in time, like PS4 is done and dusted, they're completely onto PS5. I can see them saying, you know what? PCs will be getting a whole lot of success. Let's try and let's try a day and date of this game on PC to see how much money we get from all places at once. Just to, just to test the waters and see how it works. And if it works real well for one game, I imagine they'll try it again with another game or two and then say, yeah, all of our games are going to be day and date on PC. And then it's going to be raking in the money. And it'll follow behind kind of what Xbox did. This is what Xbox did a long time ago. They did this um, last gen. 
they, you know, would start to do games day and date on PC and console. And we were all like, what are you doing? Does it make sense? Why are you doing this? This is part of Xbox's approach to be, you know, get to move just away from just the console, to be kind of everywhere. And Sony has been starting to make roads in that direction. They've started to make roads to be like, all right, we're not just on PC, PS5, we're also on PC. Again, we said mobile. They want to try to bring their IP to mobile in some way, shape, or form, the way that makes sense for mobile platforms. So all that stuff makes sense. There also, there's also the VR. PlayStation's going from console to VR as well. They're trying to expand in that realm. They want to do stuff with cloud, I'm sure. Um, I mean, in the document, we have cloud there as well as a place they want to expand to. How they want to expand the cloud, different story. Um, but that is also a, a field that they want to look into. They're trying to move away from just the console. And in this day and age, with the with all the moves that Microsoft has made over the past couple of years and how much momentum they have and all the moves they've made so far this generation, PlayStation kind of they're they're in a position where they can't stay in just the peak on just the console anymore. They have to expand, they have to branch out into different avenues of different areas in order to stay not just competitive, but also relevant. Um, because if they don't, then eventually their Xbox is just gonna eat their lunch. Eventually, it, just, it would just happen. And if they don't want that to happen, PlayStation has to make these moves that they, that not just us, but they would have like thought, no, we would never do this. Just like five years ago. Like they, we, they would have thought, no, this is never happening. We're not doing that. Hell, I say five years ago, even like, Four, three years ago, like beginning of 2020, I'm sure they would have thought, we'll never do that. We're not doing that. And then, you know, Game Pass blows up and Xbox is having all the success. They're like, actually, we might need to start thinking about these other new ideas, actually. Um, so it, it's just, man, just adds more proof to the pudding that these are things that are going to happen. And as a PlayStation fan, you may not like it. I understand you might, you might see it as like an a betrayal of some sort, or like they're abandoning their true consumers, their true fans, their true customers. But I promise you, that is that is um, hyperbolic thinking. That's really extreme thinking right there. This is not them abandoning anyone. This is them being forward thinking and, and realizing and accepting and acknowledging, okay, this is the climate that the game space is in, we need to adjust or we are done. And we, we need to make the moves that are best for our company, but also make sense for our company and make sense for our fans and will make new fans for us, create new fans and everything. So I think these are all good moves. I think these are smart moves. Um, I hope real quick, I hope that first party PS4 games are phased out sooner than 2025. Ideally, I would like like, first party studios to not be doing any more PS4 games by next year. Um, because honestly, I understand uh, the, the, the fact that it is difficult to get a PS5, but we cannot be constrained to PS4 hardware forever. Uh, at, by next year, those consoles will be 10 years old. Gotham Knights skipping, like canceling their PS4, Xbox One version, was a good thing to me. I was like, yes, good move. Do that if you need to. Um, because we don't, it's not just about visuals. It's about the literal design of these games. 
if the game is being made for PS4 and PS5, it literally cannot be made to the best of its ability for PS5 if it still has to be designed around PS4 2013 hardware constraints. I would really hope that PS4 games, if there are any from first party next year, that it's that is like only one or like such a low stakes game. I don't want it to be a big name, like a really big title from Sony's first party coming to PS4 as well. I don't want that because it's just going to be, I mean, specifically if it's cross-gen, if it's only PS4, different story, but if it's a cross-gen first party title, I don't want that. It's just going to be so constrained by the PS4 hardware. PS5 is not going to be able to take full advantage of it. So please, 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 let's move on from last gen. We need to start that transition at some point in time. This year, we're starting to see the the steps towards it. And I hope that next year is when we see, all right, more companies and more publishers are saying, you know what, we need to push, we need to just, you know, rip the bandaid off because our games literally are just being constrained. And that, yeah, is being able to be put out on these older platforms, but even they're getting like a, a super subpar version of the game. And then no one is, you know, no one certain, no one benefits from that. No one benefits from that happening at all. So that's my perspective on that. And then two more things here from this investor briefing. One being that Sony has announced more PlayStation TV shows. Uh, We have the official confirmation now that God of War is getting a show with Amazon. There were rumors. It was a report about that earlier in the year. Now it's official. Horizon is getting a show with Netflix. And Gran Turismo was also getting a show, though the company that is getting a show with is an unknown, has not been announced yet. Uh, I think this is an interesting selection. I, like I said, but I'm pretty sure I said this before we first talked about the God of War with Amazon show thing. Um, I, I, I feel like I would rather God of War movie as opposed to a show, but that gets into the pros and cons of show, TV and movies movies bigger budget and all like that you get more spectacle and everything but tv shows a bit of a lesser budget but you get to go more in depth with characters and things get to be more explained and detailed and fleshed out than in the movie because the movie you're you know you're time constrained and all so that's kind of how i feel about god of war and horizon it's like uh, horizon maybe should have been a movie because the budget for that is going to need to be wild with what with the the environments and the costumes, set design, and, you know, let alone the robots, the machines and all, like, you're going to need budget to make all that stuff look good. So I kind of wish it was a movie instead, but as a show, like, there's so much, there is so much depth and lore in the world of Horizon that a movie would never be able to do justice. Um, so a show, like a show is just the best way to really flesh that world out to the best of its ability. So it makes sense. And hopefully Netflix gives it the budget it deserves. Um, and of course we don't know live action animated whatnot. So maybe the horizon one could be animated. That's best of both worlds right there. You don't have to worry about, um, you know, like CGI for the creatures or anything like that. It's you know, just animated. Not to say the animated shows aren't expensive or can't be expensive or anything like that, that, that they don't need good budgets to look good. I watch a lot of anime, I know. Um, but maybe Horizon Animated Show would be the best avenue for, the, for that. I think that could be the best avenue, honestly. Gran Turismo, a lot of people were like, eyebrow raising, like, huh? 
what? And Gran Turismo show? Really? Um, I think a Gran Turismo show could be cool. I mean, it could be interesting. I imagine the angle they'll probably take from that is just, you know, about people and, you know, real races and stuff like that. And uh, I, I don't know. I'm not a racing guy. I don't really care too much. Um, but I think a show around that could be interesting. Could be fairly interesting for sure. Uh, so it's really the question now is, all right, what are they going to be the next shows or movies from PlayStation? Ghost of Tsushima, we already know that's coming. Um, Twisted Metal, that's getting the Peacock show. Last of Us is the HBO. Uh, Uncharted is the movie series now. Uh, maybe Killzone gets rebooted or Resistance gets brought back as a, as a series of some sort. Perhaps, who knows? Um, the sky's the limit, really. Destiny. Destiny, I am certain we will see a Destiny TV show or movie in some way, shape, or form after the Bungie acquisition goes through. One of those is going to happen, or both. I would love to see that, though. Those live-action Destiny um, trailers from back in the day were always really cool. A, live, a movie or TV show will happen 1,000% positive of that. And I think maybe we get a live-action and an animated. I don't know. I don't know. But I think I'm so certain that's going to happen for sure at some point in time. Um, and then the last bit of information that came from this investor briefing is the reveal or announcement that PSVR will have more than 20 major launch titles between first party and third party developers. And the picture that they used on this um, page in the briefing was a picture of Horizon Hall of the Mountain. We already kind of speculated and rumored, oh, is this going to be um, a launch title. Looks like it will be a launch title whenever PSVR 2 comes out. This didn't give us a release date or window or pricing, none of that information. Um, of course, there were the rumors that it's this year, but there are rumors that it's next year's too. I'm thinking it's going to be a next year thing. Um, but this is great. It's great that they're going to have more than 20 major launch titles between first and third party devs. Because if you want to get people in on VR, you need to have games there. You need to have a nice suite of games at launch. And I really think I said it before when we saw the headset and we heard the specs about the headset and the controllers, but the PSVR one was like Sony's dipping the toe into the water, uh, trying to test the water, see like, uh, see, like feel out the VR space and all. And PSVR two is them going all in and saying, okay, this is what VR is like. This is what we need in VR in order to be successful. We want to be as successful as possible in VR. We want um, the field to thrive. We're going all in and we know what we need to do. So this is awesome here that they're going to have more than 20 major launch titles between first and third party devs. Now, we also got the announcement of a state of play for June 2nd at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. UK. And at this um at the state of play, they did confirm we're going to be getting third-party reveals and announcements as well as games for PSVR 2 in this 30-minute state of play. If you watched the predictions episode from last week, go check it out. I predicted we'd be getting some PSVR 2 game announcements. I predicted that we'd be seeing more Call of the Mountain gameplay for sure. I bet it's going to be here. I predicted we'll be getting the announcement of a new Astrobot. Maybe that'll be here. I predicted that we will see uh, a first party game come back or a, for another first party game be brought to VR. Resistance, Killzone, or Uncharted were the ones I name dropped. I bet one of them gets, gets shown here. Maybe there's a chance that one of them gets shown here. I, I, I think the stars are aligning on this. I think we're going to be seeing some of these major launch titles 
um, at this state of play. Half-Life Alex was another one I said. I wonder if we see that um, announced here for PSVR 2. So I, I wonder, I wonder if Half-Life Alex is one of your major launch titles for PSVR 2, that is a major get. And I bet Sony is trying their hardest to see if they can get that on PSVR 2. Because that was, again, that was like, when that dropped, everyone was saying that was the VR game. That that was just like the best VR game ever That to just like, to show off the potential of what you can do in VR, except you needed like really expensive hardware to make it, to play it and all. So if you're able to put that on console, that would be awesome. Expose that to the PlayStation audience that gets everyone in on PSVR 2 and it makes it more accessible to play Alex. Beautiful, beautiful. I think that is a game that Sony is really trying their hardest to see if they can get on their PSVR 2. And if they can, if they announce it at the state of play, that is a major win for them. So all in all, wrapping up this Sony conversation, there's a lot to look forward to in Sony's future. Whether it be PSVR, whether it be the shows, um, their moves in the PC space or the live service space, or their, um, their investments in new IP, all this stuff, it's really exciting. It's really fascinating. There is a bright future ahead for PlayStation. There's a lot to look forward to. Um, we just gotta wait and see. We just gotta wait and see the fruits of all this labor and see how all this pays off two, three years down, um, down the line in the future. So one day at a time, take it one day at a time, one announcement at a time and go from there. We're gonna move from PlayStation now though. We're gonna switch over to the green Xbox land uh, because coming from Windows Central, a uh, report by Jez Corden, Xbox has confirmed Project Keystone. Now, rumors have swirled for a while now that Microsoft was going to be making some sort of streaming stick for Xbox. Uh, you know, that way you could pop it into your TV like a Fire Amazon Fire Stick, and you have your whole Game Pass library there. You could just cloud um, cloud stream the games and play them like that. Uh, rumors have been about that for a while. The codename Keystone appeared in the Xbox OS list, and Microsoft confirmed that it was for their streaming stick. Now, this statement that I'm about to read was from a spokesperson for the company that they sent to um, Jess Corden over at Windows Central saying, quote, our vision for Xbox cloud gaming is unwavering. Our goal is to enable people to play the games they want on the devices they want, anywhere they want. As announced last year, we've been working on a game streaming device, codename Keystone, that could be connected to any TV or monitor without the need for a console. As part of any technical journey, we are constantly evaluating our efforts reviewing our learnings, and ensuring we are bringing value to our customers. We've made the decision to pivot away from the current iteration of the Keystone device. We will take our learnings and refocus our efforts on a new approach that will allow us to deliver Xbox cloud gaming to more players around the world in the future, end quote. So Keystone is a thing. The streaming stick is a thing. It's just a matter of, okay, the version that we have now we're not gonna do this version, we're gonna try a different version of it. Uh, what that version looks like or ends up turning out to be, gotta wait to see. Jez Corden does not expect us to see this anytime soon, uh, like at the upcoming uh, Xbox Bethesda showcase. Neither do I, I don't expect to see this anytime soon. I imagine, this, this gets into one of these things released, I think, that this streaming stick, Keystone, I think it gets released next year. I imagine that they want to have this out next year for sure. 
when they're having their bombardment of first party games coming out. So when Starfield and Redfall are coming out, when say, let's say for the sake of argument, um, Fable comes out next year. Let's say for the sake of argument that Avowed comes out next year. When they have a bunch of first party games coming out next year, they're gonna wanna have this thing out. So that, we, that way they could say, hey, you just take the streaming stake and pop it in your TV and you can play your um, games wherever, wherever, whenever you want to. And that would be awesome. So I think this thing comes out next year. I think that's what they're aiming for, what they're shooting for. Where do I think it gets announced? That depends on when, they, when it's being released. Is it being released at the beginning of next year, middle of next year, end of next year? Who knows? But I think that if it's safe for a sake of argument, it's coming out in, say, March or April next year. Then I think it gets revealed later this year. I'd say sometime between September to December. Perhaps it could be a Game Awards announcement, just like the Xbox Series X was, perhaps. Or it'll just be a random blog post announcement like the Series S was. Um, so maybe that's what it will be. How much do I think this thing will be, though, price-wise? I think Keystone will be anywhere between $35 to $50. They cannot charge any more than $50 on this because the highest tier Amazon Fire Stick is $45. And they cannot go, they can't go much higher than that to justify this price and have this like try and justify it. They they can't. Like if this is like $60, $70, like yes, it's still the cheapest way to get into the Xbox ecosystem for sure. But then it's like that's pretty pricey for for you know the Xbox equivalent of a fire stick. I think $50 is that right price range right there. $50 for the stick, $60 for a controller, $110 total for your buy into Xbox. And then what, your $15, yeah, your $15 Game Pass Ultimate subscription that comes out to what, $125, $130, once taxes all equated into everything and stuff, like what, $130 total buy in for Xbox to have anywhere you go. I think that makes the most sense. I don't think they're going to charge any more than $50 for this. I think 35 to 50 is like that sweet spot um, where 35, it's cheap enough where it's not unnecessarily like too much of a loss, I imagine, for them at 35. Uh, and 50 is not so expensive that people are looking at it with their eyebrow raised like, really? That's, that's the price we're going for with it? Um, so I think it's going to be anywhere in that pricing range and anywhere in that range is, is really the sweet spot. It's going to be the sweet spot right there. Um, so I think it's cool. I mean, we don't have much to go off on it, much to go off of for this. Um, so I don't have really too much to say about it um, aside from the speculation I just gave. Uh, I'm, just, I'm excited to see it. I'm excited to see what it is, when it drops. Do I think I would ever get it? Probably not because I'm not really that big into cloud gaming, but um, it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. And it'll be an awesome way to get people into xbox without them having to buy a console if they have great internet they just get this get a controller game pass subscription bam you're good to go you can play your games anywhere you want um if you already are in the xbox ecosystem and you are someone who you know travels a lot or what have you you can get this as like a nice little companion accessory piece for your xbox experience you just get it and if you know you're traveling a lot you just take it with you pop it into your hotel tv bam 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 you're good to go so I think it's cool. I think it's interesting. It's exciting. Of course, we're going to have to wait and, um, wait a bit, wait a couple of months to really hear and see more official stuff about it. 
I was trying to think about what the design for it might look like. Honestly, I think it'll just look like a fire stick, to be honest. Probably look like a fire stick, little Xbox logo on it, Xbox word on it. Uh, leave it at that. The name, I wonder what the name would be. Hmm. I don't know what the name would be. Probably like the Xbox Cloud Stick or something. Or if they want to stick with the series branding, Xbox Series C, perhaps, maybe. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure what the name would be. Maybe like Xbox Cloud Gaming Stick or Xbox Series C or Xbox C Stick. Something like that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing names here. It's You know, stick with me. Entertain me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm throwing names out here. That's it for Xbox. That's it for all of our main news this week, really. Not too much um, going on really this week, but we have a host of brief mentions to go through. So without further ado, Battlefield 2042 is removing the 128-player count for breakthrough mode on new-gen Xbox um, series consoles, PS5, and PC. And DICE is also cutting support for Battlefield 2042's Hazard Zone mode. The player count for breakthrough is getting decreased because of, you know, they felt that that it was making the that mode, the maps of that mode too big for a mode that probably needs smaller maps, smaller player count. Makes sense. But the Hazard Zone is getting cut support because DICE realized, yeah, uh, we're trying to make it work for Battlefield 2042. It just wasn't fitting. So we're just going to focus our energy elsewhere. More, um, more strikes, more nails in the coffin of Battlefield 2042. Sorry, it's sad to see. Sad, sad to see. Sticking with EA for a little bit, though. Uh, they are reportedly looking to sell or merge the company. This I got this from a Kotaku article by Ethan Gatch who he himself was sourcing a Puck article by Dylan Byers. The article's paywall, so I couldn't directly read from that. Um, but apparently EA was in talks with a number of different companies, including Disney and Apple, uh, to either sell or merge with them. And they got the farthest with NBC Universal. The talks are no longer happening, but EA is still looking around. This is really interesting, really fascinating. Um, I was going to have it as a main story, but I don't have really too, too much to say about it, um, except this is a move where in day and age where we have so much consolidation and mergers and acquisitions happening in the gaming space, it just kind of makes sense that EA would do this, especially in the face of, you know, you're losing the exclusivity for the Star Wars license. You're losing the FIFA license. Your biggest, like your your money makers, tend to be like your sports games and your and Apex Legends. Battlefield is floundering. It kind of just makes sense that they would be looking to merge or sell with someone else to kind of save their ship in a way. So we'll see. Would not be surprised one day if we hear news that EA has been acquired or merged with a different company. Fall Guys has been announced to be going free to play on June 21st, and on that day, it will be coming to Xbox, Switch, and PS5. We'll be getting the official PS5 version on that day, and it will also be adding a level editor so you, make, you can make your own maps, which is very cool. Have not played Fall Guys in a while. I should go back to it because I did enjoy that game a lot. Um, following Jim Ryan's email to PlayStation employees regarding the U.S. abortion controversy, which we talked about two episodes ago, uh, Insomniac and Sony are donating $50,000 each to an abortion rights group, but with the caveat that Insomniac cannot publicly speak about the donation, which is really shady. I don't like that. I don't like that Sony saying, we're going to do this for you, but you can't talk about it. 
You can't talk about it. You can't publicly speak out against the abortion stuff. None of that. You can't do any of that at all or bad things will come down your way. It's it's really shady. Like I'm happy that like Sony and it's time to donating, you know, to the abortion rights group. And Sony is, you know, going to be um, also looking for ways to help their employees any way they can when it comes to the abortion stuff. But uh, saying that, nope, you can't talk about this. You can't muzzle, muzzle, none of that. That's that's disappointing. That's disheartening right there. So do better, guys. Do better, Sony, please. Uh, we have a host, a, a giant suite here of like game leaks and announcements and stuff here. So stick with me. The new gen version of Witcher 3 will be releasing Q4 of 2022. Awesome. Ellie, you're welcome. Uh, the next Witcher game has also been announced to be entering pre-production. Very cool. Probably gonna be a while before we ever see that game. Bloober Team, we kind of talked about this on the predictions episode, but I'm gonna throw it in here now as well. Uh, Bloober Team, they're rumored to be working on a remake of Silent Hill 2, but they're not gonna be commenting on the rumors. All they're saying is that the next project will be a Bloober Team game. <laughs> What does that mean? Probably working on Silent Hill 2. Techland, the developers behind Dying Light, Dying Light 2, uh, and the original Dead Island, they they revealed concept art for a new open world fantasy RPG that they're working on. There's a little mosquito. And they are saying, you know, they're basically saying, come work with us. Come work with us on this game. So be a while before this game comes out, but I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued by a new open world fantasy RPG game from them. Now, after many months and years of rumors and leaks and stuff jedi's jedi star wars jedi survivor has finally been announced we got the uh teaser trailer over the weekend during star wars celebration it is set five years after fallen order kyle and bd1 are still on the run the trailer doesn't really it's a cg trailer doesn't really give much away in terms of story you see Cal, um, he's fighting some Inquisitor. He loses his lightsaber to the Inquisitor. His lightsaber is then like brought to someone, some Imperial person. And then we see Cal and BD-1 approach this, uh, this what appears to be like a Bacta tank with someone inside it. Someone uh, with like white skin, long silver hair and all like that. You can't really see their face. You can't tell who they are, but they're approaching someone. Uh, what what who this is is unknown what the heck the exact plot the game is going to be is unknown but uh we do know that they're going to be coming across new allies and everything uh it is also going to be exclusive to ps5 xbox series consoles and pc last gen it's not happening for and it's set to release next year if i'm correct i forgot to throw the detail in here but i'm pretty sure um next year was the release window i'm going to type this in right now just to confirm release date and yep 2023 i'm not crazy so looking forward to that next year i like the first one i like the first one um a fair amount i didn't love it like everyone else did part of that was because i was playing on hard mode and i didn't realize it till like near the end of the game i was like oh this was the game's hard mode that explains why i've had such difficulty with certain things um, but, uh, I, I thought the first game was fine. It could have used more polish. Like I had a fair amount of technical issues with it throughout the game. Uh, and I thought the story was cool. It wasn't mind blowing or anything, but the story was fine. So I'm hoping that the next one can really improve on different aspects of the first one, make one really, really good, really great. Modern Warfare 2, formally, officially revealed, I guess you could say, um, we got the key art. 
We got the name. We got the release date. It is coming out October 28th of this year. Um, in the key art, we also get to see um, pictures of Price, Soap, this gay's version of Soap, uh, Gaz from the first one is coming back. And we've got a picture of a ghost. I didn't say ghost, but ghost where he's on the key art. And then a new character, Alejandro Rojas as well. Uh, so cool stuff. I imagine that we'll be getting our first actual trailer for this game very soon very very soon uh i'm excited for it i'm looking forward to modern warfare 2 norman Reedus, him and death stranding he may have leaked death stranding 2 uh just talking he's like oh yeah you know yeah we work on the second one we just started working on it it's you know cool great time and all and then koji hideo kojima was like joked jokingly to die he's like oh go back to your room buddy <laughs> go back to your room so all signs points with death stranding 2 happening at some point in time um, the indie game replaced. It was that cyberpunk 2D pixel art looking kind of game that was in Xbox's showcase last summer. That game got delayed to 2023 due to the war in Ukraine. Understandable. Makes sense. And last but not least, a group of QA employees at Raven Software, who we've been talking about for a while, they have formed the first union at a North American AAA studio. And it is called the Game Workers Alliance. Congratulations to them. Good for you all for putting up that fight and getting this reunion formed. Uh, Phil Spencer and Xbox, they've confirmed that they will recognize Raven's union after the Activision Blizzard acquisition goes through if it does not like get shut down or anything. So good on you all at Raven. Congratulations to you all. What an accomplishment. What an achievement. Very, very proud of you. Those are all the brief mentions we have this week. So I'm going to briefly, kind of briefly, talk about what I've been playing for the past two-ish weeks or so. Trek to Yomi, I finished it. I liked it. It was cool. Fun time. Um, story again, not a mind-blowing story, but I was really just enraptured by like the, the, the presentation of everything was really, really good. So I enjoyed the game and then deleted it after I finished it. It was fine. Gears of War Ultimate Edition. I started playing that because I, I, you know, I wanted to go through the Gears of War series. I like the Gears games. I played them a bit when I was younger, um, like when they were first coming out. Played them a little bit. I did not remember how much the camera shook in these games because dear Lord, the camera shake is insane in Gears of War Ultimate Edition. And there's no way to fix it. There's no way to change it, turn it off, which surprisingly led to me getting some motion sickness, which does not happen to me. I love Mirror's Edge, could play Mirror's Edge for hours and hours. Doesn't give me motion sickness. Gears of War Ultimate Edition was physically making me nauseous to the point where I was like, I need to stop playing this game or I will feel terrible. And I do not know if I'm going to be able to finish the series. Like if I'm right, Gears of War 4 and 5, like the, the motion shaking, you're able to turn it off with the camera. But I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to be able to go through the first trilogy, which is really upsetting because I want to. Like maybe I'll have to like play them in bits and pieces and snippets and whatnot, but man i was shocked and surprised like playing that i was just like ooh, ooh, i'm feeling queasy right now like i'm feeling not great in my stomach and i need to stop playing this game and play anything but this because this is just not good not good at all so i don't know if i'm gonna get back to gears of war ultimate edition i i'm i'll, I'll probably give it another try give it another go but Ooh, that was a doozy. That was quite a doozy when I was trying to play it uh, a few weeks ago. 
So other than that, I then tried, I then went over to Destiny 2 Shadowkeep. At long last, jumped back into Destiny. It's been quite a while since I played. So jumping into it, it was just like, ooh, 60 FPS. This is bizarre. I, whenever I play it, I remember it only being 30 FPS. I need to adjust to it being at 60 FPS. Feels smoother, feels better like this, but it's just the adjustment period. Quite a lot. Took a bit of time. Um, and I know there's been so many changes to Destiny since I last played in 2018. So when I jumped in, just like banner, 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 banner. I was like, I, I know, dismiss and going into all these different menus. I'm just like, I, I know, I know. There's all these different things here. I'll learn it as I go. I learn it as I go and stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm very happy. I, I knew about this before I come, jumped into um, Shadowkeep, but I knew that they made it so that primary ammo was infinite. You have infinite primary ammo. Um, I love it, though. I, I, I knew I would love it, but I'm so happy with it. Like, playing, I was just like, yes, I can shoot endlessly and not have to worry about, like, hunting for ammo for my primary weapons. It's so good. So, so fun. So I, I've been having fun with Destiny 2. I only did the main story for Shadowkeep, I didn't I didn't bother jumping into Crucible or um any type of like in-game content and stuff because I was like honestly I'm not gonna do any end-game type stuff until after I have gone through Beyond Light and Witch Queen. It does not make sense for me to start doing that with Shadow Keep at all right now when that stuff will be just like outdated and outclassed by Beyond Light and <laughs> Witch Queen stuff. So uh I bought but I bought Beyond Light uh a day or two a few days ago. Because Days of Play sale is going on right now. So that's on sale. And Witch Queen is on sale. So I'm going to go through Beyond Light. And then I'm going to get Witch Queen. I'm going to get Witch Queen's Deluxe Edition. That has like the Bungie 30th Anniversary stuff in it. And then I'll go through Witch Queen. And I will be caught up. Ready to do Season of the Haunted. And start going through that. Season of the Haunted looks awesome. Looks really cool. Shadowkeep. Interesting. The story wasn't crazy crazy. But I enjoyed it. It was really cool getting to be able to go into uh, one of the Black Pyramids that we saw at the end of Destiny 2's original campaign. It's like, ooh, we're going inside the pyramid. We're going inside the fire pyramid. Okay, cool, cool. What's going on in here? What's going on in here? It was, it was interesting to be able to go in there and then like get the tease of what's to come in the future from these Black Pyramids, these people from far away and whatnot. So I'm interested. I'm intrigued to see what Beyond Light has in store for me and then Witch Queen has in store for me. So I'm excited. Looking forward to continuing my Destiny 2 journey. Um, next game I played, I went back to Final Fantasy 12 for the first time in a couple of years. Went back to it. I was like, you know, I'm going to try and give another college try. Um, and I don't know. I don't know if it was the fact that I kind of wanted to play other games. Um, I don't know if it was the fact that I was going through like the first five hours of the game again. Um, and replaying all that stuff again that just like was not was making me just like not that interested um but i don't know i think i think there just might be a final fantasy game that doesn't really click for me because the i was talking to my girlfriend about this because she herself she has played 12 she played it when it first came out um on the ps2 she played it she likes it she's replaying it right now actually and that was kind of part of why i started to replay it myself now because i was like you know i want to give it another shot she's got to get me into it and I think, like, I understand and appreciate what 12 wants to do with certain things, but they just don't click all that well with me. Like, the story, for example, at least for the story end, uh, I feel like it has such a slow start for its first couple hours in comparison to the other Final Fantasy games I've played. 
like and i was talking about this with her she agreed with me that it definitely does have a slow start like seven start like it starts and you kind of know what the main crux and drive of the plot is fairly early on like fairly quickly in seven same with 10 10 takes a takes a little bit to get there but it's still interesting and intriguing enough that you're like okay cool this is what's going on all right i'm in on the story 13 for all the grief i give 13 and many people give 13 for a super confusing story the it at least starts off super intriguing and super interesting and super um catchy not catchy is the wrong word but you get it, it get it gets your attention it gets you into it pretty quickly um and then 15 which i love 15 it gets you into it really i mean it gets you into the like what the main drive of the plot is fairly early on fairly quickly whereas 12 it's like what's going on here and this plays into a critique that i've heard about 12 for years that Vaughn is the main character of the story. Like Baltier and um, Fran are really the main characters of the story, and Vaughn is just like brought along for the ride. Like he just gets dragged into things, and like it's so true for the first few hours of the game, where it's like, what's the main crux of the story now? What's the main crux of the story? Like five hours in, what is the main driver of the story? Uh, so like where I stopped playing was after we just got ash in the party um after we kind of save her from the prison that from not i guess you could say the prison that she was in on the ship or whatnot um we save her and then uh we had to like escape and fight our way out and i kind of stopped there um playing that night because i was just like i i kind of want to play anything else and it's like i realized that that part is new stuff for me and i realized after that part is probably where things really start to kick into drive but it took so long for me to get there. Again, also replaying content too. That by the time I got there, I was just like, ah, "You're losing me. You're losing me." That in in um in addition to the fact that the combat system and the license boards, I appreciate what they're going for, allowing you to allow you to re be really freeform with how you form your party, how you make your party, and all like that. But it just didn't really click all that well with me. It clicked with me more when I first played the game, oddly enough. But this time, it just wasn't really clicking all that much for me. Whether it be the gambits kind of being a bit... I mean, at this stage of the game, they're not. But just the premise behind the gambits, the gambits and how they could be just like a bit overwhelming and also just like a bit boring-ish in terms of like, hey, you make your person... Like you literally build out your party so that they can, you know, you tell them what to do and they do what you want them to do and all like that. It could be a bit, I, I appreciate the freedom and I like the idea behind it. Um, it just doesn't click with me all that well. Um, and then the license boards, uh, again, choosing everyone's class and choosing, all right, I want you to be this. And then you got to unlock the license to be able to use a different a certain type of armor or a certain type of weapon and i'm like that's a bit annoying like gating that stuff behind this as opposed to like if i buy it i want to buy it and be able to use it not buy it not be able to use it and stuff it's just certain things just didn't really click with me but i it's not that i think they're bad i just there's i'm just not really a fan of them but i appreciate what they're going for and i can understand why so many people would like them but i can also understand why people would not like them so where I am with 12 is right now, I do have it on pause. I haven't completely abandoned it. I do want to go back to it and try and continue on from where I am at. 
But as it stands right now, I think 12 is going to be my least favorite Final Fantasy game. I don't know if I'm going to finish it, which is a shame because I hate like starting a game and not finishing them. I hate, hate, hate that. I like to finish games that I start playing. So we'll see where I go with 12. But I did start playing, well, start replaying Final Fantasy VII Remake this past week because I've been wanting to get back to it, been itching to. And, you know, I said, you know what? Let's do it. Bam, seven remakes. So started replaying that this past weekend. And I am up to the mission where we are going with Jesse to her family's home. We actually just left her family's home. And now we're going to the Shinra warehouse to get some equipment and stuff. So fun times, fun, fun times. Uh, I'm looking forward to just going through this game again, going through the journey with all my friends and stuff and just having fun. So that's what I've been playing for the past few weeks. Um, and that's going to be this episode of the Playwin Podcast. Thank you all so very much for watching and listening. I know it was just me this week. I know you were stuck with just my voice going on and on and on about all this news and stuff. And I hope, I hope to God that I at least, you know, that I hope you enjoyed yourself for sure. And I hope that I was able to make that PlayStation investor briefing stuff interesting and fascinating and like enlightening and, you know, just cool to you. Hope you're able to enjoy that section and all. So check out our site, playtoygames.wordpress.com. It's on for all, it's a home for all of our content. So please go check it on out. Um, you can read the written versions of our reviews and previews over there, please check it out. Uh, also, follow us over on Twitter at play to Win Game and Instagram at play to Win Game. Uh, you know, chat with us over there. That's where you get updates on the show and things that are going on. We also tweet stuff over there and post things over there every now and then. So check us out over there. Hit us up over there. Have conversations with us over there. Let us know what you think about... Um, any of this PlayStation stuff. Let us know what you think about Project Keystone, What, how much you think it's going to be. Let us know when you think it's going to be released. Um, and tell us your thoughts on the PlayStation Plus tiers. What you um, Are you excited by them? Do you think that there's like, did you think they're disappointing? Do you think that they're exciting? Let us know what you think about all of that stuff um, over on Twitter and Instagram and also here on YouTube. Let us know in the comment section down below your thoughts on all of these things. Subscribe if you're on YouTube right now. Turn on the notification bell if you are on YouTube. And on podcast services, subscribe as well. Comment, share the show with everybody. Um, leave the likes and all. Give us those five-star reviews. It's all greatly appreciated. And it helps so, 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 so much. So please do all those things. You can follow me, Tyler, your host this week, over on Twitter at TylerMiller2496 where as always i tweet about games and anime and movies and other shows and stuff that i'm watching so by all means hit me up over there um i'm happy to talk about any of these things with all of you guys with all that being said thank you all so very much for watching and or listening we will talk to you all next time have a great one